Hey guys, this is my leak. Today is Saturday, June 25th. Where does the time go? I swear it seemed like uh, New Year's Eve was just, what, two weeks ago? Seemed like that. Um, I am back with the podcast today to answer some of your questions. That is one of my favorite things to do. Um, I went through, I think I have about five or six of them here today. Um, before we get into those questions, uh, the basics, mytaughtyou.com. If you want to ask me questions, you can do so by going to my website and and hitting the tab ask me anything you can also send me an email i have decided to open up my email uh my taught you.com no my taught you at gmail.com there it is my taught you at gmail.com so that you can ask me lengthier questions because i do understand that sometimes you need a little bit more space um i cannot do full-on business consulting there a because i don't have time and b because i would like to get paid for stuff like that um i don't mind like some of the basic questions you know llc's and stuff like that like how do you do it um i love answering those kinds of questions but you can do that, uh, my taught you at gmail.com. Um, uh, some other things, we do have those mugs that you guys love back in stock on the store. Um, I know that the first journal that has my method is getting low. Um, the This Is My Year, I feel like you can start your year at any time. We still have those. And I've been working on something that I think you guys are going to love that I'm going to drop in the next week or two. Um, that's kind of a companion to these podcasts. So let's just say there was a podcast and was a lot of information in it for you and you're just sort of like where do I go from here or how do I organize this um, I've put together some sheets that will help you kind of go to the next step um, and you know I just believe that writing things down really helps you um, uh, and I think that's it <laughs> let me not let me not do too much because I've been listening to some podcasts and I just was like eight whole minutes went by before the actual podcast started and I was just like dang I don't want to be like that so I'm not um I am gonna get started I do have some water here I was doing meetings in New York um doing meetings in New York last week and someone was like I love listening to your podcast you've got your coffee and all of that and I was saying that the reason why I have to have something to wet my whistle during these podcasts is imagine a phone call where you're the only one talking for 35 or 40 minutes. And so unlike some of the other podcasters, I don't edit these. I just kind of like let them ride because I like it like that. So if you talk for minutes on end, your mouth starts to feel, um, ugh. so bear with me. Uh, I know most of you don't mind, but every now and then somebody hits me up and says it's distracting, but it's hard for me to do these without water. But anyway, Let's get started. My leak, I'm new to my job. I'm about three to four weeks in and I still don't feel like I'm getting it. Coworkers have been working here five to 20 years, so a lot of experience and they know what they're doing. My boss hasn't said anything, but there have been a lot of whispers in the office by the more experienced staff, some of which I've heard regarding me being new to the job. The comments and the attitude of the other staff members are starting to affect me outside of work and increase my anxiety, which I already suffer from. I understand I'm new and it will take time to learn, but think otherwise. Is there anything I can do to change this? So I want to say you are new. You are not supposed to know what to do in the first three to four weeks of this job. So I just want to validate you and how you feel. 
Second, when you told me that you already suffer from anxiety, it just made me think like, I really want you to try to work on letting those whispers go. Whenever I have found that like, whenever I feel insecure about things, um, I am sort of hyper aware. And so I remember when I first started to like make money and I felt like everybody knew and I felt like judged all the time. Like I would go places and I'd be like, everybody's staring at me because I don't belong in here when that probably wasn't the case, but it was just how I felt, you know? So I think sometimes our insecurity gets loud and we just have to remember to turn the volume down on that. Um, the other thing is that we have to manage like what they're saying. People have a right to say, oh, she's new. Um, she may not understand it because she's new. She may not be getting it because she's new. Um, that's okay. It's like you are new and there may be a lot of things that you're going to still need some help on and just be okay with that. And it, it is, it sucks. It's like, I, I don't like being the new person and I'm always looking forward to kind of getting over the hump. But it's okay if people are mentioning that you're new. Um, but then when you ask me, what can you do? I have put together a list of things that you can do. First, I've had a couple friends um, starting at new jobs. Whitney is at Facebook now. And my friend Tony, she just started off this new consulting job. And I suggested every time I go to the bookstore, I see this book called what to do in your first 90 days of a new job. And it's got this like turquoise cover and both of them have bought it. I haven't read it, but I was just like, anybody who's starting off at a new job needs to have a 90 day game plan, you know? So first thing you want to do is find out how your boss measures success. Go have a conversation. What do they want to see from you to see if you're actually progressing? You know, in the first month, you should know how to do this. In the second month, I expect for you to know how to do that. Figure out what that is so that you can measure, so you can begin to work towards things and measure things. Next thing you want to do is start connecting with your colleagues. Go to lunch, go to coffee, and find out how find out how they are measuring their success. Um, it is important to start making relationships, you know, at work, and you don't have to do it all at once, and you don't have to be trying to be the girl that everybody likes all the time, but you need to try to get to know as many people as you can. When I took my first full-time job in the entertainment industry in Beverly Hills, I had no idea, you know, sort of like what was going on. I, I knew sort of how to do my job. I had no training doing it. I was an assistant to a VP and I was just like, you know, I read up as much as I possibly could on what I could do. But then, you know, I started talking to the girl who worked in the cubicle across from me, Gina, and Gina always seemed like she knew what she was doing. And I was just trying to, you know, I'm just like, Gina, Gina helped me get my my core basics down and she was so about it that I learned how to be about it. Gina would come in like an hour early because um we all the newspapers and all the when you work at a PR firm like all the newspapers come in early early in the morning and they were kind of just like out on the table and the assistants who got there the earliest got the papers and were ahead of the game for their bosses because the boss would come in and be like 
what's happening in the news and if you're like oh I'm still waiting to get it because so-and-so has it you know which is like I this is like what you hear all the time when you're working is that you know it's chock full of excuses of why people don't have things and if you just come in early Gina would come in early get her coffee snatch all the papers off the table get all of her information photocopy it have it for her boss and when her boss came in and needed the news it was done she didn't have to be like oh I'm waiting to get the magazines back from Lisa her boss had it so I connected with Gina and I would have drinks after work with Gina because I just wanted to know um, how I could get better quicker so um, the next thing is find out who the major players are in your company who are the people who are really making things happen and you need to get to know them and so at that same job you know I would google some of the names of the people who were in my office and I remember there was a lady there Cindy Guagenti and she was Brad Pitt's PR person and just like stopping by her desk I know she had no reason to know me she probably doesn't remember me to this day but I would just pop in and I just wanted to make sure that my face was familiar to people and while maybe she doesn't remember me by name I'm sure if she saw my photo maybe she remember me you know or Nicole Perna who is featured in Business Insider she's one of she was ranked one of the top 20 PR people um she was just like an assistant or junior person at that time but I remember like I'm gonna know her uh the agency that I worked at was BWR uh Baker Winoka Ryder Larry Winoka was one of the founding partners and I had some conversations with him and I ended up becoming a TA for him. He taught classes, PR classes at USC and figure out who the, who these are and get to know these people. And it doesn't have to be like trying to get them, get to know them all at once, but it starts out with just an introduction. Hi, my name is Mylik. I'm new here and I'm really excited to be here. Just wanted to introduce myself. Um, you can be kind of jokey. If I, if I have questions for you, uh, please don't, uh, hate me. I, I'm trying to to dive in and get going fast uh but would you mind if I use you as a resource or is there anything that you'd like to show me you know can I schedule five minutes of time with you so that you can show me things that you think will help me move quicker through the system people love seeing that and hearing that and people actually like showing off what they know so do that Another thing you want to do is to dig deeper in researching the company. What has already been been done that didn't work? And are there any articles out that would be helpful for you? You know, most people don't really research their jobs before they get there or before they even apply for them. Because if you did that, if you really did your homework and research, you probably you might find that the company isn't for you. Um, and you have no business at this job in the first place. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes that happens. Like maybe you really didn't know or you didn't find out what kind of company this was and you're beating yourself up because you're not getting it when it really just wasn't for you. And I've had a couple of situations like that where I didn't do my due diligence and then I got in. I remember when I first graduated from college, I had this job that it was in the beauty industry, working for one of the beauty companies that is that is in like CVS's and Walgreens. And I was just like, oh, my God, my big break into the beauty industry. But what the job really was, was like, quote unquote, being a manager, managing how many eyeliners and nail polishes were in inventory in all these stores around Southern California. That's not my ministry, but I didn't do my homework. So 
do some research um, and figure out what the job is really about. Anytime someone needs a documenter or a note taker, volunteer, because this is how you're going to learn. If there's anything that you can volunteer for, you need to do that. At that company that I told you about that I was new at, um, I worked in the music department, but when the film department was doing something that I was interested in, I would volunteer. So I worked at different press junkets because I just wanted to see how things were done. And it allowed me, when other big players see you volunteering, like it's your weekend and you're here because you want to learn, don't think people aren't taking notice they're taking notice um also another thing I want you to do is think about the big picture how does this how does your company really make its money and figure out how your role assists with that once you know where you stand you know what kind of cog you are on this whole wheel of making things tick you can start making the kind of decisions that will assist in the company's making more money right? Um, And maybe it's a small role that you play today. Maybe you are a support role, but the better you are at supporting whoever you're working for frees up their time to earn. So think about that. Something really important that I have just about everyone in my office do, um, not just about everyone in my office do, is keep a status report. Um, You want to keep a weekly status of what you did and I'm going to tell you why that helps in the event that your boss starts to take notice that maybe you aren't popping as much as you thought you, you thought you were. And they're just like, so what have you been doing? Like, what did you do? And then you can break out week by week, all the different things that you did. Um, What I also love about the status report, which I also kept throughout my like entire beginning of my career was the status report helped remind me of the things that I was working on the week before so that I didn't fall off. So it's easy to get caught up in your week. You forget something. When you go back, like every week, you should be building on the last week's status. So if you do your status every Friday, you should keep notes and you track during the week. So you, at the end of the week, you're like, this is all that I did. The next Friday, when you go to do a status, go look at that last Friday status and you may see something that you forgot that you need to follow up on. And that's how you do that. Um, last but not least, you want to be friendly, but also remember that you are there to work. And so you don't want to get caught up in trying to be besties with everybody, because I think some people mistake that as like, oh, if everybody likes me, you know, then that means I'm doing a good job. You want to be friendly, you want to be cordial, but you want to be focused on the work you want to look like you're the person that's there to do work. And that's kind of like at that job that I told you I was at. So when I noticed that Gina came in an hour early to get the papers and all that, I came in an hour early and all of the girls, like the different assistants that were there an hour early, um, we'd use that first, you know, five or 15 minutes to chitty chat and get you know, to catch up and get to know each other. And I became friends with a lot of those young women who also now have their own businesses today. But it allowed that coming in an hour early, you connect with other people, you get set up for your day. But then when your boss comes in and it's time to do work, you're just focused and busy. But if you stroll in right as it's time to start working, you know, you don't have time to connect with people. You don't have time to get to know people. And you do not want for your boss to see you kiki and all the time like it's just not a good look like I, I I don't know and I don't think a lot of young people get that it's just like I when I when you see me I want you to see me working and you just need to remember that good luck you got this girl all right
I got a, I saw this when it came in and I got this letter. Malik, I am dealing with a three-year relationship recently long distance. He is settled in his career and stable living where he is. We have no plans of moving in and currently our schedules conflict. Do you have any tips for working through the distance or knowing when to let the situation go? So my initial thought was, you know, have you had a conversation about the next steps? You know, what are we planning on doing? I was in, I think I've done one long distance relationship and it's how I got to Atlanta from Los Angeles. And I think at some point in the relationship, it was just like, okay, at this particular, in six months, in this amount of months, we have to decide if one person is moving or not. Um, because I don't know that we want to keep the relationship long distance. And so it was just like, um, he is an attorney and he was barred in Georgia. So it would be harder for him to get barred in California. Cause I heard the California bar is hard. And I was just like, Oh, well, even though I worked in entertainment, I thought it'd be easier for me to find work here in Atlanta. So I moved and that wasn't the case. I did not find work right away, but it kind of forced me into the entrepreneurship bubble that I wanted to be in anyway. So I think you have to have a conversation and decide to make some plans. Um, if the plans are being avoided, if you bring it up and I mean in three, I think if you've been together for three years, it should be pretty easy to have this conversation, I would think. Um, but if the plans, you know, if making plans is being avoided, I would just say um, you're not wanting to talk about our future concerns to me because you you sound concerned to me. You're writing me a complete stranger. So that's real. You know what I'm saying? I'm concerned. Um and then I think after that, you just have to rely on your gut. You know what I mean? It's like, um, even I had therapy two days ago and I was telling my therapist something and I was just like, but my, my, but I have a feeling that this and this and that is happening. And she just like stared me down in my face and was like, trust your intuition. And I've like rarely seen her get that serious with me. So I was like, eee, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to say that to you. Trust your intuition. How do you really feel about this? What you feel, you know, I always say God speaks to us through our guts. So whatever that gut is, like, girl, that's real. Don't ignore that. Um, but have the conversation first. Go ahead and make a plan. Um, I always said to myself that I would that I would move for love at least once in my life. And I did it at 29 because I was just like, all right. By the time I'm 30, I want to have done this and gotten it gotten it be, behind me. And I think like if you move for love, I can already tell you what you're going to deal with. People are going to say a couple of things. I wouldn't move, girl, without like a ring. <laughs> I, I Let me tell you something. I'm so glad that I moved without a ring because once I moved, I figured out this was not the person for me. And I just thought if I had a ring and all this, I would feel even more guilt breaking this relationship down and keeping it moving. So I think that like sometimes people can push us into making us feel like, you know, we want to be able to flash our little rock and be like, I have a commitment, but give yourself room to figure out what you want in this relationship too. Um, you need time to see how the relationship works in a new city with different jobs. And like, I think what my moving, um, to Atlanta and not being able to find work showed me was like, I think 
what I had in my mind before was like, I need to find a person who's more successful than me and has more money than me. And then, you know, I'll live a better life and I'll be happier. And all of those factors were true, was more successful at the time, had more money at the time. But then when I got there, I was just kind of like, just because somebody has more money and is more successful does not mean that I'm going to be happy. And then I was just like, Miley, why don't you focus on becoming um, more successful yourself and making more money yourself? And, and I did that. So that's what I then focused on. And so I think you get some lessons from that. Um, another thing people are probably going to say is, you know, I wouldn't move in, I would move there, but I would have my own place. And I think you just have to decide, you have to decide how you want to do it for you. And it may or may not work and just be okay with that. It may work, it may not, but you'll never know unless you try. And I genuinely believe that my moving across country to move in with someone and it not working out was really just the catalyst to get me to this point. Like I needed something to break me out of the city that I was living in with my parents. I literally literally went away to college and moved back into the same apartment building that my mom lived in. Right. And I remember my dad telling me that like there's some statistic that most people will die within a 30 mile radius of where they were born. And I was just like, maybe that was what I needed to get me out. And so that the relationship in my moving it served its purpose and so um you have to decide what's right for you and good luck and let me know how it goes all right next question which sort of it's kind of like a play on the last question because it's about risk is there ever a time when one shouldn't take a risk how can I tell if I'm being brave by taking a leap of faith or if I'm being foolish or reckless? I've overanalyzed both alternatives, but I know sometimes what I want can blind me to the facts. Usually I don't see it until it's in hindsight. Um, this is like every single person I meet all the time, every day, and even some of my friends. Um, but just know that we are all preconditioned to avoid risk. Um, it's how we were born. It's the messages that we learned, like everything that we learn from the time we're toddlers up through adults is to avoid risk. Um, and what happened, what happens is that we typically have the response or reaction that we have when we take risks is usually negative. You know, we then go through life and then we try something and it doesn't work out. And it's usually because we are not prepared. So I would say that you have to prepare for risk you know and so they always say luck is when opportunity meets preparation and I think you still have to prepare um, for your risk Um, a lot of us don't know how to get comfortable with taking risks and one little teeny tiny exercise that I would encourage you to do is to ask for something you don't think you can get be completely outrageous about it. I do this. I did this as a practice for a long time and you will be surprised at how many things you can get. Like going somewhere and just saying, you know, I really would like this instead of that. Or I didn't like, like one time I 
was with my mom. My mom came to visit me in college in San Francisco and I had bought these like, this was a time at Abercrombie when like cargo pants were a thing. <laughs> yes, I'm that old. So it was all about cargo pants. And, and so I went in there and I remember like not feeling some type of way about how expensive they were. So I was like, let me do all my research. I talked to someone there and I was just like, you know, if, what size should I get? If I wash them, will they shrink? Went through all of this. And the girl assured me they would be fine. And then I washed them and they shrank. And then I tried wearing them a couple of times to see if they'd stretch. And I had like ripped the tag off and I had like tossed the receipt and I just like took them back. And my mom was like, how are you going to do that? Like you can't return things without a receipt or tags. And I'm like, girl, because I can, because I'm doing it. And, and they were, and they took them back. And then this was, but this was the other thing. I didn't want to exchange them. I wanted my money back, my cash with no receipt and no tag. And I got it back. So it's like, you have to try things and being prepared for risk is like, I did all my homework before I went in, but you just have to like work on getting your like gumption up, work on getting that. Another thing I suggest is focusing on the positives. A lot of times people will always think about what could go wrong, but think about what could go right. Like if this works out, what could happen? And that was kind of how I was with Curlbox. Like when I started, I had no boxes, no products, no real relationships in the industry. And everybody kept wanting to bring that to my attention. But all I could think about was like, if this works, this will help so many people. This would be so cool. This would be profitable. Like that's what I stay focused on. Um, Another thing that I want you to think about is that bravery and risk are typically solo ventures. Um, you're usually going to have to be brave by yourself. I have a tattoo underneath my um, kind of like, what do you call this, boob? <laughs> underneath my boob kind of over my heart that is just like, um, or is it the right side? I don't know. Yeah. Right hand over your heart. So left. Yeah. Under my left, near my heart that says be brave. Like I have the tattoo that says be brave because I just want to remember that I have to be brave and I have to do this by myself. I cannot rely on others. And a lot of times people start asking a hundred million people what they should do. Bravery and risk are solo ventures. Remember that get confident with your own voice and your own thoughts and just try. Um, a lot of times you aren't going to win. Um, but it's not that you lost it's that you learned. So even if everything you do doesn't result in a W, a win, think about what you know now that you didn't know before. Next question. Oh my God, I'm starving. Um, next question. I am a solo artist and I've always wanted a team to build and work with, but I don't seem to have people close to me who care about what I do. Seems like everyone around me is clicked up. Any advice on building a team from people you don't know and better yet, don't know you? So first thing that came to mind is when people don't have people that come out and support them and what they're doing is because they don't go out and support others and what they're doing. So my question to you is, do you care about what others are doing and do you go out and support them? If you went out and supported people, they would in turn support you. And sometimes that's basically the work that you do. If you want a crew, make it. Go out, see your friend shows, support what they're doing, be there for them. And then people will feel 
they'll feel like they have to do that for you. So, you know, a lot of my friends that show up for me is because I've shown up for them. Maybe I've shown up in ways of like, if I see one of my friends doing something, I'd be like, oh my God, you know what, what you could do to really build this out. Like I have my best friend and my best friend was having um, a situation in his business. And because I have a background in PR, I was just like, you want me to show you, I can tell you how to flip this like right now. And these are the kind of thing, kinds of things that I would get paid to do, but I'm going to do it for you because I'm down for you. And then literally like two days ago when I came back from my business meetings in New York and I found myself up against a wall. Um, this is a person who my friend, you know, has worked at Procter and Gamble and UPS and all these sexy marketing jobs has his MBA. And I was up, I literally was like, Hey, I am up against a wall and I think, you know, do you know how to do this? And it was like, yep, you do this, 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 and that. And so you have to give to get. So you, people are not going to support you just because you want them to, just because you think they should, just because you think you're cool. You are going to have to put the effort in. And so I'll end this with one of my favorite quotes. If you want friends, you have to be a friend. So it's on you. It's not on other people and clicks and all that. It's on you. All right. Good morning, my league. I know perfection is impossible, but is it possible to be on top of everything all the time? I'm in my early 20s, living on my own and struggling due to daily stresses. Is it just me or does it take time to get it together? I'm going to say this, girl, it takes time. Um, and even after it takes time, it still takes more time. I don't think it's possible to be on top of everything all the time. Um, <clears throat> something sort of inevitably suffers. And I think about... I think about you and I think about like my first time that I moved out on my own and it was just like, yo, this is not all it's cracked up to be like this whole bill thing. Like it still blew my mind. Why talking on the phone's not free. Like, why do I have to pay this much money <clears throat> to talk on the phone every month? Um, <clears throat> and so I think that as you focus on one thing, something suffers and it's difficult to be like, you know, if you're deep diving, usually in your 20s, the 20s is your time to set your foundation as who you're going to be as like a career person. So if you're like me and you're like deep diving in your career, something's going to suffer. Relationships suffer. So then you're like, oh my God, I'm not meeting anybody because you're busy doing your work. Or, you know, I don't have time for my friends. You know, what should I do? Um, something is going to inevitably suffer uh and you know you probably don't really know a ton about you know bills or whatever and so I would just say take the time to figure out the areas that you're suffering in and um what can you maybe downsize to make your life easier did you not know um did you not know something that you knew before? Like, you know, one thing that I think I probably didn't think about is like keeping my, um, until I became sort of like for real successful, I tried to keep my, um, housing costs, meaning the roof over my head under a grand. And if you're even younger and you can tolerate roommates, try to keep it under 500, cut those costs down as far as you can so that you have the extra money to do other things. So that is my suggestion. And just trust that nearly everyone in their early 20s went through what you're going through. So imagine us all giving you a, a big virtual hug right now um, and just know that it gets better. Um, next question. 
Malik, do you think it's silly slash irresponsible to quit a job you hate before finding another? What are some reasons you think people should quote unquote pursue other opportunities? So I think people should pursue opportunity, pursue other opportunities when they're ready to move on. If you don't like what you're doing, move on. Um, but I will say this to you, silly slash irresponsible. If you don't have any way to care for yourself without income, I don't think leaving a job without some way to care for yourself is the best idea. Can you do it? Sure. Will you die? Probably not. Will it be hard? Probably. So if you think you can get some sort of supplementary income, fine, but I don't, I'm not going to tell anyone to just jump without some sort of plan or savings. So the times that I have quit my job with no plan, the first time I did it, I lived with my mom. So I knew like worst case scenario, she's not going to let me starve and I got a roof over my head. So whatever. Um, and I had a car at the time, but I'm just like, maybe I'll just ration out my gas and I have some light savings or I could babysit or wash dishes or something. Um, the second time I quit my job with no plan, I had about seven grand saved up. So back then, I think I thought that was like enough and a lot. And I really, I think because I had no concept of money, I thought it was more than it was. Um, and it literally was gone in like three months, but that's okay. Um, but um, save, save your money. I think it's smart to save money so that you can quit without having something lined up right away. If you listen to any of my other podcasts, my money podcast, I call it F you money. Is that like, if you don't have any other reason to save, like, you know, I don't want to take trips. I don't want to do anything. Save your money so that when somebody is like tripping, you're like, you know what? F you like, you don't want me here. I'm out. Or if you move with a guy and he's not feeling you, I'm out, you know? So remember that relationship I told you about, earlier in the podcast where I moved cross country and all that and things didn't work out and it was time for me to get out I had money saved up I literally went and bought a car that day bought a car that day got an apartment that day bought a mattress that day and was like while my feelings were hurt your feelings always gonna be hurt when somebody tells you to get out but when you got your money uh in the side you're like but I'm good though so start saving your money um I think that's the smartest thing to do um, this is our last question and I think you might like it. I was turned down from a promotion because I lacked two areas of training. My boss also told me that I let my personal life affect my work. My mother recently had a stroke. Any suggestions on how I can balance my work life and my personal life? Um, I want to start by saying that I'm very sorry, um, about your mother and her health and her having a stroke in that, um, I know that emotions run high and it's difficult, um, to understand the amount of stress that that can put on your life. You likely can't balance it because remember I was saying it's hard to be popping at everything all at once. Um, but I want you to focus on the most important thing about why you didn't get the promotion. And that was because you lack two areas of training. Um, you lack two areas of training. You need to get the training. Focus on focus on the meat. I know sometimes as emotional beings, it's like we want to focus on like she said, so-and-so said that I let my personal life affect me. Like that's that's the distraction when the real thing is I like two areas of training and I need to get I need to get my training up. Um, and if you don't know what to do um, when something happens, there's usually two responses. Life is chock full of like, oh, damn, you know, like. Just when you think something is good in your life and everything's going great, then something happens and literally throws you off your game, right? Your mom gets sick. 
you thrown off your game. So I always say two responses to when something bad happens. You can either sink or swim. Some things you just can't swim, right? Your mother gets sick. You just some you can't swim. So I always say that you have to take advantage of the times when you can swim. Swim, swim, swim. Get the training. Swim. You know, if you had the training when your mom gets sick and you sink, you're already ahead. And so I tell people all the time that when you just go, 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 swim, 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 swim. When you're at a point where you're exhausted and or you're paralyzed and you just have to float, you're still so far ahead of everybody that you kind of have built in some rest time or some time to be down or some time to be sad. And so work on putting your distance out there. And so when you do good work and you do it for so long, you've got the training, like screw have lacking two areas of training, have 10 areas of training that you don't even need. When you're down, people sort of have to forgive you because you've done so much good work. So think of it that way. Swim, 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 swim. Thank you guys for always. Thank you guys for always listening um, and giving me a chance to say what I got to say. Y'all have a good one. Bye.